This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hi, Jürgen. Just to start with some team news, first of all, really. What's the extent of Jordan Henderson's injury? Is he likely to be able to play again this season? And is Dejan Lovren available as well? So, um, Hendo is um, actually the, the best possible of the of all bad news. Um, his um, it's a knee it's a knee injury, uh, but no surgery needed. And um, yes, he will not play anymore in the, the latter stage of this season. But um, um, I'm pretty positive that he will start with us the new season. So um, it's really, we were all concerned, obviously, in the moment when we saw him going down and when he left the pitch and stuff like this. And yesterday when we got the news, it was a a big relief for all of us. And um, so it's not cool, obviously, but it's the best we could get. And um, yeah, Hendo will be back. He's a quick healer um, and he will be back soon. And Dejan, available? Yes, Dejan is in in full training now again and um, is available. When you face a side like Burnley, Jürgen, they've had three one nils, I think, and a one-one and since the defeat to City. Um, what do you have to be most wary of when you're facing a side like that? They face a team with a brilliant attitude. Um, what John Dyche uh, is doing there is absolutely exceptional. Um, I know they have really some um, some injuries, um, which. It's always difficult, especially in a, in a period where you play all three days. Um, on top of that, I'm not 100% aware of it, but I, I think I heard uh, some some contract issues um, where players are not available anymore. So that that uh, have a pretty small squad together and play every three days. So that's even, even more so. It's so uh, I have so much respect for the results they got. Um, it's really it's really. Um, really really good and so we will face a team with a brilliant attitude with a, a really really good setup um four for two um good defending um yes we will be a lot of fights for second balls that's what that's clear um set pieces will be a massive thing in this game and um yeah they will fight for everything how the Sean Dyche teams always do and um, since I'm in England at least I know him since four and a half years now and um yeah um we need to be ready again one more then then we'll go to Simon Crabtree. Oh. Uh, yeah, Jürgen as well. Just on, on VAR, because there were a couple of contentious decisions um, last night with regards to penalties. Are you concerned that VAR isn't overruling when it, it seems to be a referee on the field of play is making a mistake in the awarding of a penalty? Well, look, one was it a week ago or so. Um, I think Jose had uh, in, in aftermatch interviews. He said um, that um, yeah, not sure if but whatever he said that the decision is made by a guy in the in in, in a studio wherever. Um, and now we, we we have a situation or a match day where three decisions should have been different. I I can one hundred percent understand uh, that Dean Smith is um, really um, yeah struggling to accept what happened last night, but. Um, and I, I, I don't know how it can happen, to be honest. It's, it's, it's just not about who makes the decision. I think when two people have a look at it or three people even, and in the end, it should just be the right decision. And not about this. What I don't understand is um, that overruling is so complicated because it must be a clear and obvious mistake or misjudgment. So I, I thought they were all obvious. 
these things, but you have to ask. You have to ask the, the, the refs why they why they still um, stuck to the to, to the decision from the from the match referee. I I don't know, but um, it's it's difficult. Huh? It's obviously difficult. But I didn't think last night it was too difficult. But anyway, it was still it was still not right, and um, that's obviously not good. Because if we, if we would have now the situation without VR and have these decisions, then we talk today about it and would say, uh, how can you um, not see that or see it differently to, to the rest of the world? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. We had situations nobody spoke about in the Aston Villa game, I think, um, where clear penalties and, and nobody speaks afterwards about it because we won the game. But it's not about us or somebody else. It's about general the decision. And I really would would um, like to think that, um, yeah, in the end, three people watch it, ref, assistant, uh, the, 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 the VR, and there's another VR there who has another, another view. So they should really find the right decision in the end. Simon Crabtree. Uh, Jürgen, if I can just bring you back to Burnley and, and Sean Dyche. I know we've seen some interesting, uh, not battles as such, but interesting moments on the touchline, shall we say, over the years. But I also know uh, that during lockdown that you had some uh, interesting Zoom calls that he was part of. And I don't know whether that's changed your attitude or not, but I know you've got a lot of respect for him. Yeah, I have. But... Actually, look, I come to the country and, and, and manage Liverpool. You go, go to a place like Burnley and they fight with all they have and, and stuff like this. It's not nice. We are both pretty animated at a pitch and very emotional, I would say, on the sideline. Um, and that I, I can imagine that people maybe think uh, we don't have the best relationship. We don't have a relationship, really, because we meet only a couple of uh, times a year. Um, but it's, it's just... I more and more I learn about this league and how competitive this league is and before you know it but you really know it only when you feel it um, I couldn't respect more what he's doing that's the truth um, because how he sets it up and how, how competitive they are every year and now again they have around about 40 something odd points and they will probably be will have more than 50 and that's incredibly difficult and with the injuries and with the with setbacks you get over a year it's incredibly difficult and um, yeah he's doing an incredible job honestly yeah, and during the lockdown, we had some Zoom, Zoom calls, but that was, um, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, seems to be a good guy. So that, what can I say? That's all. Okay, you're not going to divulge any more on those calls, are you? No. <laughs> um, just looking as well, Curtis Jones, when he scored against Villa, became the 17th different player to score for Liverpool this season, which equals... Uh, a club record. I'm just wondering what satisfaction maybe you can take from that, that it's not just the three guys up front scoring all the goals, it's it's almost everybody. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's how it should be. Um, nobody, and especially the way we play, nobody is, um, or we don't say, you are not allowed to score. Um, you have to stay always there. And okay, the centre-halves are not that often involved in, in, in offensive action, apart from set-pieces for, for the final situation. Uh, but even they, of course, can score. And um, yeah, no, it's good. It's exactly how it should be. If you, if you want to be successful, you need to, the goals need to come from everywhere. Pretty much, and um, so that that helps us, of course. But um, Curtis, if, if we we heard now, I think two days ago, I heard now that um, uh, that the two up front were involved in 250 goals since we worked together. That's a, a great number as well. And so it's good that we all score, but it's very good that the three up front score, especially often, um, and um, so that that helps in in very 
in, in, in all the games, but especially in the very tight games. And um, yeah, that's it. Juliet? Um, Jürgen, just going back to Jordan and the injury, we saw how he lifted the Champions League trophy um, last season. Will he be able to lift, lift obviously, the trophy for the Premier League this season? But also, do you have kind of a sympathy for him for missing out on what's going to be that, that sort of title-lifting match against Chelsea? Oh yes, we all we all felt very much. Oh, it was it was an awful moment when he went down. When he left the pitch, we knew immediately. Hendo is a is a how can I say? In, in Germany, we would say he's an animal. He fights with everything. So if he has pain, the, the, they will never tell you. So he can really deal well with um, with, with pain. And um, in in this moment, when you saw, he knew something happened what not should have happened we all felt it, it it was a complete mood killer boys came in didn't know exactly three one great i told them away game winning an away game in the premier league is exceptional for all teams in the world and it's exceptional for us so we should be really happy about that the boys were happy about that and then you realize oh hendo is around the corner on a bed so we were really everybody felt for him absolutely yes he deserves to lift the trophy and he will lift the trophy and um so i said no surgery no surgery um, needed. That's the good news. And um, for all the rest, uh, we, we, we can make our own decisions, how, or I think a few decisions at least, how it will be around the trophy lift, but Hendo will lift the trophy. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Jürgen, last time you played Burnley, we had the incident between Mo Salah and Sadio Mane. Sadio wasn't very happy that Mo didn't pass in the ball. How would you describe the relationship between the two of them? Is there a healthy competition between the pair when it comes to goal scoring? I'm not sure if there's a competition, but that's, that's all healthy. Let me say it like this, they, they, they want to score goals, so that's completely normal. And these things are always made up um, a, a little bit because it's clear. If you are a striker and you, sh- you shoot in a situation where you don't and you don't score, then there are probably there's with an eight, 98% percentage uh, opportunity for would have been an opportunity for you to pass the ball somewhere else. So that's really, that happens very often. And then you know, people make something of it or not. So it's really, but never, it was never, um, it was never a bad relationship or whatever. There are moments when people think, you know, everybody thinks, yeah, no, you could pass the ball here, you could pass the ball there. But in my 20 years um, as a manager, I don't think I had more than two talks, and I can remember these talks, um, talking to a striker that he's too selfish because strikers have to make decisions. They have to make decisions. And this decision is the most important thing in, 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 a, in a football game. I finished the situation off. If he didn't see it, well, then we can talk about it and we can show the situation, but it wasn't. I had never a situation where, the, where I thought the player is selfish or too selfish. I always, it was always about overview and stuff like this. In a moment, it's really in that area. So many legs are around and you need to make sure that you can stay on, uh, can keep the ball and finish it at the situation of. No, it's all good. Absolutely all good. Fantastic. Uh, then we'll go to Mike Hughes. Did you know, sir? Hi, Jürgen. Um, Nabi Keita was a key figure for you the other night. Um, his injury problems since he joined Liverpool could hardly have been worse, but... Uh, is that sort of performance against Brighton where he was the epitome of, of the, the counter-pressing style that you use? Uh, what I mean, how much more is there to come from, from Naby Keita? And do you think now he's beginning to, to get more of a rhythm because he's playing a bit more regularly? 
growing in confidence? Yeah, it's a mix of all. Um, of course, injuries never help um, and cost you for sure rhythm, and especially when you're a new player. Um, people forget that, but when he joined us, he started exceptionally well. But then it started with the injuries as well, so that didn't help um, to settle properly. That's now 100% different. So now he is completely settled in the squad. Everything is fine. He knows all the people around. That makes it all makes it all dif- different. And then not to forget, we he was not in a team in the first 11 when we had incredible runs. So in the last two years, we didn't lose a lot of game. And as long as the players were fit and stuff like this, it's just difficult to come in, especially after an injury, when you try to get rhythm and all these kind of things. So now it's all different. He's in a, in a really good um, moment anyway, but um, fit as well. And um, plus being settled now that makes life easier and very good football possible when you have the skill set of Nabikita. So um, it's just... Just really, really good. And the counter press or high press or things like this, he was used to from Leipzig. Huh? So it's not that we had to adjust. It's part of, part of the performance. And if, if you are not on your highest level, but you want to perform on the highest level, um, then it's, it's a constant fight with the inner fight mm-hmm. with yourself. So, and now because of the injuries, he, he, he barely had rhythm. Now he has rhythm. It's good. Um, and now we have to make sure that he can keep that at least until the end of the season, and then we have another little break, and then we will carry on. The game against Brighton, it was a, it was a cracking match, probably closer than you would have liked, but uh, uh, you had to withstand some, uh, some really uh, creative work from Brighton. Defensively, you had to do your job. It, in some ways, is that real, a real indicator of how every Premier League game against whoever you're up against, there are constantly challenges? And even when you're 2-0 up, after eight minutes, you know, you really have to stay at it. Oh, yeah, but that's, that's a big compliment. Uh, well, a big compliment for Brighton and Grand Paul. It's really incredible what, what he's doing there, I have to say. So because um, I think being that early 2-0 down um, is not, it's not, uh, uh, not every team can deal with that, especially when you're fighting for the league, what Brighton is still doing. Um, there's, there are moments, I think there are teams out there where you could think, okay, they are now broke. Um, but it didn't happen and never happened um, to Brighton. And um, so apart from that, the way they play, the way they, they, they approach a game is, is pretty different. So yes, each family game is a challenge. They have all different challenges, but the way they do it is, is pretty special for a team who fights for staying in the league. And I, 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 couldn't, I said it after the game, I couldn't respect it more. It's absolutely great. But it was in the end a little bit as well. Like, um, so they, they are set up um, needed some little adjustments from us. We did that. They uh, adjust, um, needed some adjustments as well for the things we did. For example, they had a playing build-up until we won the ball twice and scored. Then they didn't do that anymore. So you need to react in a game, of course. But and we had to react in our in our positioning of the of the protecting midfielders and how the wingers set up. So we did that. And in the end, we deserve to win. We could have scored much more goals. Yes, Brighton could have scored as well. But um, in the end. With all results and all, all using all chances, we were the deserved winner. And um, that's all I need on a night like this. You don't need, we, we want to be perfect, but we barely are, but we never are. So you take what you get. And in this game, it was we did a lot of really good stuff and deserved the three points. Brighton did a lot of good stuff as well um, and deserved the goal, I would say. And um, that's, um, for me, then absolutely okay. Okay, Carl Markham, and then the last one in the open is going to be uh, a 
I think it's a Hideo, and then we're on to the embargo if I have no other requests. Carl, so to you. Hi, Jürgen. Um, Mo Salah is one goal away from uh, making it 20 league goals for a third successive season. I just wonder, you know, how much of an achievement is that sort of consistency in the Premier League? <laughs> I think we spoke, didn't, didn't we say something similar about Sadio now? Uh, so it's incredible. We, were not, we would not be where we are if these boys would not perform on this consistent high level. And, and, and Mo now, um, of course, come on, um, he's not the numbers. Um, his numbers are crazy, absolutely crazy. I don't know exactly. He's involved in 100 goals since he's here, 73, 27. I'm, yeah. So just outstanding numbers, just world-class numbers. Yeah. And um, nobody should be surprised anymore um, because we, the boys show that um, week in and week out um, since, since a while already. And um, yeah, we know, we know that it's special, but there's a lot of work in and you only can score if you invest that in each game. If you are in the right positions, they do the right thing. And that was the boys were always ready to do and what they have to do still. And then, yeah, it will continue. And long may it continue. That would be great. Just a follow-up on that. Are, do you think some of the players are, are maybe actively trying to help them towards uh, another golden boot? Because it looked like Firmino passed up the chance to shoot on Wednesday and for Salah to come in and score. I hope the boys were not in that mood in that moment. But I, when I when I saw the situation back, it was it was just um, it was just um, because of Bobby's football intelligence. He was not in a best in a best position. If he would have shot, um, it's a completely different finish. So um, more came around and um, was in a much better place to finish it off than just Bobby. And I don't think he left the ball because he thinks um, more should win the, the gold boot or whatever. It's just about, uh, because you cannot have this kind of mindset. Football is too quick that you could do that. And where, where's help needed? I don't know. Um, we all help each other. But um, we have with Sadio another contender, if you want, with 16. I think it's, a bit, it's, it's not too close, but it's not impossible um, as well. So um, they all want to score goals. Bobby wants to score goals. They all shall want that. And um, that's exactly the mindset we need, that they want to be decisive. They really want to decide football games. And that's the mindset a striker needs. Fantastic. Uh, Hideo, hopefully I'll pronounce your name correctly. If you'd like to ask your question, and then we'll go to the embargo section. Hi, you again. Uh, I want to ask a question about Mino Mino and I know it's not really fair to judge him on stats uh, given his limited playing time but he hasn't been involved in any goals so far uh, would you still be happy as long as he's making contributions in other areas of the game absolutely and with the goal scoring it's anyway but it was really unlucky eh? I think in the last not sure in the last game but for sure in the game before he it was really unlucky that he the, the, the twice already he, um, he could have scored two, two three times already Absolutely, with exactly the same performances he had. So it's all good. Uh, things just need time. And we have a really strong football team. And um, so the boys, it's, it's not easy to, to come in this football team. The only thing you can do is training really, really hard and good on a high level. And that is what Taki is doing. So we are completely happy, all good. But things need sometimes time, especially here. It was always like this. And um, so he just will, has to carry on. He will, he will do. So we are completely fine. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.